You're listening to the Living Adventures Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Ashley Milkey and Victoria Vance. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom, creativity, spirituality, luxury living, health and wellness, and above all else, building community. We have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us, support our dreams, and understand our struggles. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with a community who gets you. Adventure on. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Adventures podcast. So, episode Victoria. I'm so sorry for my chair. I edited out most of the squeaks, but sometimes they're still in them. I've tried to fix it. It's just, I need a new chair, but I'm not going to get a new chair. So there's that information. But what is today's episode going to be about? I really have been struggling with this. I've been trying to film all morning and I've been having a lot of like mental issues. I've been like going through a lot of things in my mind. I kind of want to talk about it with you all, which is like nerve wracking to me because I normally don't like to talk about things kind of publicly until I have figured it all out. I did a DI this morning on that and meditated on it heavily that I don't have to wait until I have completely figured everything out before I need, before I should talk about it because that's kind of about perfectionism. And I have been breaking my perfectionism down a lot. And I kind of sent a voice note to my coach this morning about it. And I'll read you all her reply is that she's been really thinking deep on it of what's understood does not need to be explained. And before I read that, before I went down to do my meditation and she kind of in that message was like, I'm trying to live by this a few ways and understand it. This holds me back a bit because I have to make sure it is an ego or shyness that makes me speak or not speak. I am either over explaining out of a root issue or I am super quiet and I need to find this balance. And I kind of feel that too. And so I was like, hmm. And my first reply to that is, but uh, to understand it has to be explained. In the meditation, I was like, okay, but it's not my job for you to understand. I am here to teach and it's your responsibility to understand if you, if you so choose. And she messaged me while I was in my meditation and she's those in a larger sense, like me and what I'm capable of. I definitely don't need to over explain or question myself. I can say I got this and let it be and do the thing. And I don't need to explain even more. I always end up proving the point in the end. So why exhaust myself so much? And I felt that a lot. That remained true. And now back to kind of like the beginning where I was, a lot of ideas have come into my head and I've kind of explained this where it's like, okay, I have all these moving parts and then I speak when it all comes together. And I've been having this thing of a little perfectionism of, do I speak or do I wait until it comes? And I kept feeling like I need to not wait. But then I kept this morning being like, 
okay, but I want to do like one of those episodes of like, here are the blank steps to help get you from here to here and just be direct. But unfortunately, life isn't direct. And unfortunately, understanding isn't direct. And so in the spirit of being direct and undirectness, if I may, for lack of better words, that's what this is going to be. Maybe by the end, I will have figured it out. You know, maybe by talking it out, it will help. And you know how in a, a past episode, Ashley talked about like, you know, she gets it all together, but then like in her throat, it's hard to like then say the things. I realized for me, because I'm like emotional authority is I feel all the emotions, but then my brain is like, no, that's stupid. And that's from trauma. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today, but not in a sense of like, don't worry, I, I won't like deep dive into my entire trauma. I have been tracking the process of getting my imagination back. As you know, I went to Disney for the first time last week and it was so helpful for, or two weeks ago, actually now that you're going to be hearing this, it was so helpful to gain my imagination back going on that Peter Pan ride and just feeling like I'm above the world and everything and just being immersed in people's creativity. And so then I got home and actually wrote it on my phone and then I journaled about it later. I was like, okay, here are the steps that helped me gain my imagination back. And it wasn't necessarily like step one, do this, step two, do this. Cause it's like, I wrote the seven things and these are like the things that I've been like connecting in my head that these are all the things that happened and I needed to do but it wasn't necessarily a step-by-step -step process. And it was a lot of integration and deeping, deepening each step as I learned another step. And so I'm kind of going to talk about that because, well, I thought originally it was like, here's the seven steps that helped me gain my imagination back. It's actually the seven steps that helped me be an active participant in my life. And what I, what I'm trying to say there is I really hate when people say like, oh, I help you live your authentic life. Authentic is just a buzzword for me that I fucking hate. And I think that's also because like being in the design world and everything, and obviously like the life coach world, you know, we often are our own worst critic. I don't know anybody who's not their own worst critic, but at the same time, I need to be my own best friend. And with at the same time being my own best friend is I need to be an active participant and I cannot just survive my life, but I actually need to live my life. And so I guess these are the seven steps and I'm going to talk about them that helped me actually be able to live my life. Was that deep? I don't know. Honestly, here's another thing because I feel like I have ac constant access to my brain. I feel like nothing I say is inspiring. And that's not good. Also, why does that, but then it's like, why does everything you have to say be inspiring and blah, 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 blah. But it's just things I'm still working on. You know, if I waited to tell you at all, as I figured out, I'd probably be dead. You know, it would never happen. So how I gained my imagination back, but also helped me become an active participant in my life. I went to therapy. The therapist I go to, I see this talk a lot about online of like, especially with ADHD is like, oh, do you do DBT or C CBT? I almost said CBD, everybody. <laughs> um, personally, I do neither. Um, my therapist takes more of like a holistic and humanistic approach, which is basically 
we kind of look at it in the lens of mindfulness because when like she's the one that kind of started to teach me mindfulness she kind of looks at it holistically and everything that's kind of going on and it's just un like helping you gain more active consciousness in your life and so kind of the slowly the question she would ask me and everything helped me do that um i can talk about that more if people want in the future or whatever uh i i don't know how to describe it well but you can look up like humanistic it's so humanistic psychology is a perspective that emphasizes at the whole person and the uniqueness of each individual and so it's using like maslow's hierarchy of needs so it's like psychological safety love and belonging building your self-esteem and then the self-actualization so that's kind of like what she more focuses on than like cbt or dbt or anything and she's basically the way we talked about that before is like just being an active participant in your life which is what i've always wanted because i never felt like i was and i never felt like I felt like the options were chosen for me and I didn't actually get to choose. So then when it came time to choose, I was confused for a long time. And it was also hard because I'd never really done that before. So doing that is where I started then and also working on my anxiety. And because if you don't know, I genuinely used to be so anxious where I would never talk to somebody I didn't know. like you think I, I should ask an employee for help or ask where a bathroom is? No, I will just wait and like suffer so that I don't have to talk to somebody. Like that was too traumatic for me. It was really bad. So with that, she taught me mindfulness and I have been continuing that practice and deepening it my entire thing, my entire life since seeing her, which has been like four years now, which is ridiculous. And with that, is where I started to really notice that like, <sighs> so something that's really hard for me that I've experienced is whenever people met me, they've always told me you're going to do great things. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's kind of been this like pressure in the back of my head of like, oh, I always need to be the best because I'm supposed to be doing great things. So whenever I was trying out things for the first time, like I have to be the best because if I'm going to do that, then like I got to start early and everything. But what I didn't realize, it's like, I'm going to do that, but just in a way I, I might not know yet. And so what I really have noticed in the past months, and I've kind of said this before, but I really want to serve as a connector in life. And I know I said that in the last episode, and that's kind of where I'm struggling to get what I'm trying to say now. I want to help people connect to community, family, friends, themselves, the earth the present and everything to be that living person in their own life and to be that active participant. I don't want you to just survive. And I want you to know that it's okay and safe to do that. And after years of trauma, it can be really hard and it takes a lot of time and you can't do that. Like, yeah, it takes like six months to change your life, but you cannot do all this in six months. Maybe if you didn't have insane severe trauma, maybe you could, I don't know. Everyone's different. So who knows? Maybe somebody could it was not me. The next thing that really helped was TBM subconscious work. And so while in Mexico, I haven't really talked about this much, but though Mexico might've looked like, oh, I was doing like digital nomad life and living my best life. When I was in Mexico, I was going through it. I was doing so much 
healing and subconscious and shadow work. It was exhausting. That's why I didn't do that much traveling or exploring there because I finally just like created a little safe haven for myself and just a place where I could just do this and nobody was bothering me because it's like, I didn't really know anybody there. Like the only time I knew somebody would be there is when Ashley would come. Otherwise I was completely uninterrupted. My phone was on silent all the time. And it was just a place where I insanely connected to myself for the first time and dug and cried a lot. I did the inner child workshop and that is not for the weak. And I'm not saying any of you are weak either, but that is not to do when you are not able to put your entire self in it. It's something that Lacey talks about is like kind of toe dippers or anything. I was not toe dipping. I was literally in therapy once a week because I was like, look, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to need you there on the sidelines while I go through this and be a sounding board for the intense shit that's going to come up because I knew it was going to be rough. I have done EMDR before. Unfortunately, my mom is trained in EMDR and she's done EMDR for me and that was a terrible experience, but luckily uh, I can put myself into the theta state to do the subconscious work, which is really helpful. Even though there was some trauma built in there. Doing that subconscious work, rewriting my childhood. So in that like inner child workshop, you basically reimagine your entire adult life with your like magnetic parents. And so it's like parents who, and it can be your real parents or it can be just completely different people of conception to basically birth. And then throughout like basically almost to your 20s is they take you through it. Your magnetic parents are people who are completely there for you. They have all of your needs met. They're constantly meeting your needs. If something bad happened, like how would they react? How would they help you learn to manage your emotions? How would they have treated you? And so it's like reimagining your best self and creating that and rewiring your brain off of your trauma. And this doesn't like dismiss your trauma, but it allows you to finally accept the things every human should. And so it finally allowed me to feel like, oh, I can be lucky. Oh, people can like me. People can enjoy me as a person. Like I genuinely couldn't feel that ever. I felt like it was always fake and I still sometimes have that. And so I'm still working through it, but it's not necessarily as deep. That's why like, I couldn't trust somebody to like ask them where to go to the bathroom. Like it was deeply ingrained into me in a not fun way. I think one of the easiest ways to explain it is, you know, like the lucky girl syndrome thing of like, I'm so lucky everything works out and you know, like manifestation, like before I went to Mexico, I'd be like, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to manifest a parking spot in Boston. But like Boston parking is so hard. Like I'm not going to, I'm going to have to parallel park and then it's just going to be hard. And like, I still was like, Ashley, you manifest one for me. And like, it would still kind of work out, but not really. When I got back from Mexico, I didn't believe that parking could be hard. I genuinely was like, no, I'm going to get a front spot. What do you mean that that couldn't exist? And since Mexico, I never have to walk that far for parking unless I'm in a place where it's like maybe Bo's in the car and I'm going into a store real quick and then I'll park far away because like I'm parking in shade or whatever. But like, you know, 90% of the time I will get a spot exactly in the front and it's not going to be too hard to park in or anything. 
because subconsciously I did not believe that that couldn't happen. And that's kind of like the difference, I think, in like manifestation work, blah, blah, blah. Like, honestly, it was just rewiring my fucking trauma. Like, I'll just be honest. It was, I genuinely didn't believe things could be easy for me. I didn't believe things could work for me. I thought that could only work for certain people. And even like, you know, just saying like, oh no, it will work for me though. Like, I truly couldn't believe it because my subconscious was like, yeah, that shit's never going to happen because I had been growing up in a situation where that could never happen, you know? So that's like a giant shift that changed. Um, while after doing that, I started to really focus on doing things. This is kind of like step five, doing things I always wanted to do and never could. And so that was, oh, I'm at the store and I want candy. I can buy myself some peanut M&Ms. Like it's not that deep because I always asked for that as a kid. And my mom was like, no, you don't need that. You don't need sugar. You don't need this. And it's not really about the sugar, but it's just like, proving to myself I can have what I want in a really small way. And this is something I brought up with uh, Cameron. You asked in the Discord of like, you know, why micro manifestations are kind of helpful for building your trust muscles, like building trust in myself. Like I can have the things I want no matter how small. And it's like, you know, I could say like, oh, it's just peanut M&Ms, Victoria, like get over it. But it's like subconsciously, it's like I was always denied that I'm going to get myself for that. And it's like, obviously that's like a, really small version of it. But another one could be like when money was tight growing up, you know, maybe there was a salad dressing that I liked better, but it was more expensive. And so then my mom would just buy the one that's like cheaper that I didn't like as much. And so knowing that like, it's okay, Victoria, I can spend the extra like 70 cents. It's okay. We're not going to die if we spend 70 cents more on this bottle of whatever dressing. And you're allowed to have that. And we don't have to pinch literally 70 cents. It's okay. You'll find another way. Deep down, like I can get whatever I want. And so it's like I'd been doing that a lot in like a really small ways and slowly in bigger ways of like I always wanted to build a giant gingerbread house with my a friend. Like my mom always made me do like a little small house and I was like, "No, I want to build like a double decker house and everything. I think that would be so fun." And so my mom was like, "No, cuz it's so much baking, it's so much to do." And so I did it all. And actually, and I built that and it was so much fun. And it was like, I was giving myself permission to always do whatever the fuck I wanted. It happens in really small ways. And something I keep having to remind myself is like, stop trying to make it so big and stop trying to make it so complicated because it really doesn't need to be. Find the simple way. Whenever a friend brings me a problem, I'm like, oh, you should just do this and this and this. And then that's easier and everything. And they're like, oh yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And I'm like, okay, how can I do that for myself? And so, you know, you can like do the other person of you or whatever. What is it that I need to be telling them that like, you are making this too hard. How can I make this easier for myself? I have been working on doing that, but as point five of doing the things I always wanted, that meant going to Disney. And at Disney, because I was immersively put in imagination of so many people, my brain finally was gaining permission to imagine like that intensely, just be surrounded with the energy I wanted. That trip meant a lot for so many reasons. So I just had to take a moment there and cry for a second. 
But one of those reasons is Kate's daughter, who Kate listens. Hi, Kate. She looks exactly like I did as a kid. Part of that was so amazing for me because then it felt like I could see, I could see part of myself living through her. It was so funny because there was also a time when I was explaining something to her and she just could not understand or fathom the thing I was explaining. And it was just not accepting somebody to treat you that way or be like that or care about it. Sorry if this is going to sound so broken for you all because I just keep crying. <laughs> That's why it felt so meaningful because it was giving me permission to be okay and to not accept that. Not expect it. Embrace it. Kind of look over it. And to be upfront about that. As well as, you know, in mindfulness, in like the four pebbles meditation sequence is one of them is freshness. And they often, I don't know if I shared that one. I can share it all if I didn't. But the four pebbles is talking about helping with burnout and like helping with creativity. And so the first pebble is freshness. The second pebble I think is water. Third is mountain. And fourth is flower, mountain, water, space. Okay. And so flower is freshness. And so with that freshness is like with earth, with children and everything. And she brought a lot of that freshness in that I felt was taken away from me with trauma often. And so seeing that and it reminds, seeing that, and reminded me of when raising Bo and the freshness of Bo, just experiencing the world for the first time helped deepen, you know, mindfulness for me even more and just understanding, which kind of came to seven, which was community, which I am sure none of you are shocked by. You cannot do this alone. There are things that you do need to do alone, but you also need to have a place to grow and expand with that support you in each area of your life. You don't, lives. You don't need just one community. You can be supported in many and that value you and believe that you are just whole as however you come and that you do not need to change because I didn't have to change for anybody. I changed for myself and I don't necessarily think I changed. I just dug insanely deep to find the part that was always there. After crying a bunch, um, what to take away from this? There are frustrating times in this journey, which you all have seen me through. There are rough times in that journey. There are amazing points in that journey. And I don't know if it's necessarily over. These are kind of the seven steps I have taken heavily in the past few years. I guess what to think on is how are you not being an active player in your life in a way that you want to? Because you might be in some ways, but you might not be in others. 
What are the tools and resources you might need or want to get there? I don't know. I keep finding new shit every day. Like Ashley saw a TikTok last week and it was like, your second house is what you expect and what your eighth house is what you want in life. And then she looked up mine and I was like, fuck, I just got called out. You know, because like I said at the beginning, like everyone's always told me like, you're going to do all this great stuff and everything. And I was like, how can little old me do this while I, I was deep in my trauma and like dying inside and just surviving every single day? And sometimes I still feel like that. Will that ever end? I have no idea. And I don't mean for that to like not be hopeful. I do know that like there are always going to be good days and bad days. And there are so many good days in your life that haven't even happened yet. Some of the deepest connections in your life haven't even happened and you don't even know them. And so though things might not be great right now, maybe things are great. There's just so much else out there that you have no idea yet. But to get those amazing moments, you do have to participate. And sometimes, and and I don't want to say like you, you do have to participate, but that doesn't mean that they'll only come when you're participating. Because I think there have been some amazing moments. No, actually, I'm going to change that. You do have to participate and you have to look for them. Otherwise, they'll never feel as good. Nothing has felt as good as Disney, which is so fucking insane to think about. You know, people always say like, you really, you know, made it when one of your favorite, like you're doing what you love and it doesn't even matter if you make money doing this. And I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. I want to make money which is ironic because my second house or whatever is I expect to make money and make it fast. You, you all have heard me that say that one before and I have been rewarded in that way. And so that's why I still expect that. But what I really want is I just want to make a difference in this world. And I've had to rewrite that my, this entire weekend. So that's been really cool. I've had to be active and I've had to be present to enjoy those moments. And if you're not You can still enjoy them, but it's not going to feel as monumental as it can. And it's not to say that you should be mad that those moments were not as appreciated or whatever, but what can you start doing today so that you can have them and appreciate them when they come? I think that's, it's got deep. Maybe not. I don't know. feels deep though. I hope this was helpful. I hope maybe... It brought something to light for you. Let me know if it did. Let me know if there's things. I can link the four pebbles meditation in here if I didn't before. How do you want to be an active participant in your life? And don't try and do it all at once. Look, there's still parts of my life that I'm not active in. I'll be honest. But that doesn't mean I can't be part of the ones that I am active in. And continue to grow. Because like I said, why should I have to wait until I know everything to speak? So this was also an episode on perfectionism. There you go. Because this episode did not feel as great as I wished it could have in my mind. But we're still going to post it. And so, you do not need it to be perfect to put it out there in the world. And on that, I will leave you all. 
because uh, Bo wants a walk and yeah. But I hope you have a great rest of your day, everybody. And let me know how you want to, what area of your life you want to be more active in and where you want to start. Goodbye, everyone.